Patrick D. For this episode, I'm here in San Francisco, and you're watching The Tribute Project. On this episode, we'll be reviewing some of the original tests that got the Chibi project where it is today. This experiment was intended to test Chibi Moon's resistance to grilling on a hot surface. In the kitchen of the Chibi project's testing laboratory, there's a George Foreman Lean Mean Fat Reducing Grilling Machine. It seemed like it would make a perfect testing device for Chibi Moon. We left the surface dirty since it would add to the flavor of the test, so to speak. After cooking up a meal, Chibi Moon was placed on the hot surface. Her head was placed on the closer end and she was face up. The top of the grill was closed and we were able to observe the process by looking out the front. Chibi Moon was grilled for about one minute. Chicken takes about three minutes to cook on this grill. When the cover was lifted, some pink residue was stuck to the top grill. When Chibi Moon was removed from the grill, our scientist observed that her hair and skirt had been melted. Her right bangs melted flat, while her left side had a rounded grill mark pressed into her head. The residue left on the top grill was from her head. Her skirt did not leave any residue, but it had been pressed flat. On her back side, her left heel was covered in grease, but it was not damaged. The pigtails in Chibi Moon's hair now had grill marks and grease on them. This was the fire test. It was intended to test Chibi Moon's resistance to open flame. Chibi Moon was placed on a metal plate to prevent the possibility of fire catching to anything else. A cup of water was kept within arm's reach in case of emergency. We had the Chibi Project pride ourselves on our safety record. The plan here was to hold the flame under Chibi Moon and see what would happen. Would she catch fire? Would she melt? Explode? We didn't know what to expect. Flame was carefully applied to the section of her hair that had been cut in test 7. Upon close examination, there didn't appear to be much damage. Her hair was blackened a bit, but other than that, she appeared undamaged, so we did it again. This time, the flame seemed to catch a bit. The small fire smoldered in Tribune's hair for a few seconds before going out on its own. Matches were safely disposed of in a cup of water. After Chibi Moon had cooled a bit, we examined the damage. Most of it had been covered with ash, but it appears that some damage was caused. Some parts of the hair seem to have bubbled out, and the pink seems to have burned off. The part that is hanging off almost fell off, and will hopefully survive until at least the next test. Kids, don't use electric saws without adult supervision. It should be noted that since the last test, we cleaned off some of the grease from the grilling test. That's why the grease marks aren't visible in these photos. Also, during Chibi Moon's trick to Arlington, Virginia for Katsukon 7, the burned piece of her hair from the handsaw test fell off. The handsaw test worked out so well that we wondered what would happen if we used some real power. For this test, we used a Rockwell electric jigsaw. The saw was fitted with a serrated blade intended for sawing through wood. Chibi Moon was placed on the workbench, but when the saw made contact with her crotch, she went flying. It was clear that she had to be secured down somehow. With the lab's vice grip out of commission since the unfortunate Pikachu incident, please don't ask, we had to rely on one of our trusty old monkey wrenches to hold down the squirming Chibi Moon. Now that she was secured, the cut could be made. The resulting damage is quite clear. Chibi Moon is now in two halves. There was a slight angle to the cut, and the cut ended up coming through her back a little further toward Chibi Moon's right side than was originally planned. As a result, the left side is slightly larger. No, this isn't two Chibi Moons. That's both halves of Chibi Moon facing each other. 
Chibi Moon's left side attended MikaCon during the weekend of June 15th through 17th, 2001. Chibi Moon's right side attended Anime Mid-Atlantic on the same weekend. As with all conventions Chibi Moon attends, you can expect reports and photos on AnimeCons.com. After the previous test separated Chibi Moon into two pieces, we decided to test the opposite effect and see if she could be pieced back together. For this test, we used a high-temperature glue stick and a Stanley hot glue gun. Both halves of Chibi Moon were put in position and the glue gun was plugged in. Once the glue reached optimum temperature, we placed a generous amount of glue in the inside of the left half of her body. While the glue was still hot, both halves were rejoined. Unfortunately, our precise calculations as to the amount of glue to use seem to have been an error. A large excess of glue poured out of the front and back of her body when the halves were pressed together. In our comments section, we get many suggestions for experiments. One of the more popular requests we get here is running over Chibi Moon with a car. We couldn't pick just any car. We wanted to do it with style. Fortunately, Neo Alice, a friend of the Chibi Project staff members, volunteered to help us with this test and run over Chibi Moon with his 1982 DeLorean. Chibi Moon was placed in front of the left front wheel of the DeLorean. Once her position was secured, Neo Alice got in the car, started it, and put it in drive. The DeLorean moved forward and ran over Chibi Moon. Pulling forward a bit more, the left rear wheel of the car came to rest on top of Chibi Moon. Since DeLoreans have their engines in the rear, where the trunk normally is, a large portion of the weight of the engine, the stainless steel body, and the rest of the car was now pressing down on Chibi Moon. The weight of the DeLorean managed to separate Chibi Moon into two pieces again. The hot glue from the previous test stayed on her left side while separating from the right side. It was five months since our previous test. Part of the problem with doing this test and the reason for the delay was because we needed to find a suitable test area. We could not perform this test inside our research laboratories and the adequate.com parking lot is always jam-packed with employees happily working away. So we had to go someplace else. Eventually, one of our co-workers working across the hall for adequate.com's laser tag reference guide suggested Cat Rock Park, a favorite local park where he often arranges laser tag battles with his buddies. We scouted out the area and it seemed to be remote enough and open enough for our testing needs. For our rocket engines, we chose an Estes D12-3. These are the most powerful rocket engines available to the average consumer without spending a bundle at a specialty store. The rocket igniter was placed inside the nozzle. We removed the wire twist tie from Chibi Moon's waist and duct taped her to the business end of the rocket engine. The nozzle is pointed directly at her head. The launch pad was cleared of debris for safety reasons. After Chibi Moon was positioned on the launch pad, a quick check was made of the surrounding area to make sure that there were no innocent civilians in the area. Once the area was determined to be cleared, the countdown began and the button was pressed. Here is the first actual video footage of any Chibi Project experiment. Please forgive the quality as it was recorded with a Sony Mavica digital camera. We would like to apologize for the poor tracking of the rocket. Our cameraman didn't actually expect her to go anywhere, and it was difficult to track such a small, fast-moving object. The engine's thrust quickly burned through the duct tape. The engine went flying and took Chibi Moon with it. In a matter of seconds, the engine came to rest in a patch of grass. After a small fire was extinguished, the engine was recovered, but Chibi Moon was no longer attached. The engine was placed back on the launch pad for a photo. Note the black scorch marks on the rock that weren't in the previous photo. The search began for Chibi Moon's body. After 20 minutes, her right half, the half that attended MikaCon, was recovered. The search for the left half continued for about 25 minutes until dusk. When it was too dark to continue searching, it was called off. The search resumed the following day, and within 15 minutes, the left half was recovered. 
Have we seen the last of Chibi Moon? Was test 13 her unlucky number? What is the future of the Chibi Project? Only time will tell. Here's a video clip of voice actor Scott McNeil making suggestions for the Chibi Project to Lilola.net's Panchan. I'm just trained to talk to random people, and he has something called the Chibi Moon Project, which, which he destroys Chibi Moon. Now this thing has been run over by trains, put in microwaves, etc. What should we do next to cool the Chibi Moon? I have to see. Oh, well, what's lots of burning? Is anyone got a gabberator on them? What should I have in my seat? Imsu-9? Global thermotactical nuclear device? <laughs> anyone? You can draw on it with a highlighter here. Well, that's funny. <laughs> After our most destructive test yet, Chibi Moon was severely damaged and covered in soot. She smelled bad too. Because she was filthy, we kept her in a little plastic baggie and we could only take her out for photos. She really needed a bath. But would you expect us to give her a normal bath? Of course not. Chibi Moon has a history of standing up to the most extreme conditions. After all, she was run over by the commuter rail train. So we couldn't just trust her to any washing machine. We went with one of the legendary Maytag machines. To begin the test, we selected a small load, hot water, and fast cycle. Once the machine had been filled with enough hot water for the small load, it was time to begin the test. The detergent chosen for this test was liquid tide with color safe bleach. Keeps our whites whiter and our brights brighter, I guess. At least it's been successful in removing the blood from our lab coats and the lipstick kiss marks from our Chibi Project t-shirts. All soaped up and ready to go, Chibi Moon was dropped in hot water. The lid was closed and the machine began to run. We peeked in during the wash cycle to see lots of suds with Chibi Moon somewhere under all that. Following that, she endured the rinse and spin cycles. Upon removal, she might have looked dizzy, if she still had a face. The washing machine removed all the soot that had been covering Chibi Moon for six months. She could once again be safely handled by bare hands. Without the soot, the full damage of the rocket test is evident. Anime Boston 2003 set a lot of records. It was the first time an all-anime convention had been held in Boston. It had the largest pre-registration count of any first-year anime convention. It had the largest attendance of any first-year anime convention. It was also the first time any anime convention with an attendance of over 3,000 had to cap their attendance. It was also the first time the two head scientists behind the Chibi Project had ever held a panel specifically for the Chibi Project, and the first time an experiment of the Chibi Project was ever done in front of a live audience. We raided Anime Boston's green room and swiped a large decorative bowl. After dumping out the plastic fruit and washing the bowl, we managed to swipe some cranberry juice before Scott McNeil discovered it. Then we headed down to panel one. When we arrived, we were completely shocked to not only find we had an audience, but that the room was full, standing room only. We told the tale of how the Chibi Project started, as you can hear in episode one of this podcast. After giving the history of the Chibi Project, I played a DVD that ran through photos of the history of the Chibi Project, from the high-velocity train test up to the washing machine test. We showed the Burning Gundam video in its entirety as we began the Q&A session. After the video finished and we had answered a few questions, it was time to start the experiment we had promised everyone. We pulled out the fruit bowl, 
poured in the cranberry juice, and with just a hint of drama, dropped in Chibi Moon. It was sort of anticlimactic, but since it was the last minute test, it was the best we could do at the time. To make up for it, we pulled out styrofoam cups to offer to let people drink from the bowl while Chibi Moon was drowning in it, face down. Many fans grabbed a cup and lined up for a bit of juice. During this intermission in the panel, many fans took the opportunity to get a photo of Chibi Moon, the remains of Burning Gundam, Sock Alley, or the Chibi Project's creators. We spent the rest of the panel answering questions from the audience. There were a lot of excellent questions about the history of the Chibi Project, the other members of our team, and some of the comments we've received. From time to time, we get email from fans like you asking if we'll be at conventions near them. While we can't possibly travel to every anime convention, we do get around a lot. If you'd like to see us at an anime convention near you, tell your convention to contact us about being guests or running a panel. We've done it before, we'll do it again if we can. And that about does it for our experiments for the Chibi Project. Now for some viewer mail. This email is from Angelica. The subject, you are stupid. You stupid fat heads are horrible and you suck. I never want to meet you. Well, I think never meeting us can be arranged. If you'd like to send us email that could be featured on this podcast, drop us a line at podcast at chibiproject.com. Coming to you from San Francisco, I'm Patrick from the Chibi Project. Tune in for the next episode where we'll show some of our side projects we've been working on.